Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. So um, for the scripture reading today, I'd, I'd like your help. When I say the word tax collectors, I guess that's two words. When I, when I say tax collectors, I would like you to say, what? And, and when I say the word sinners, I'd like you to say, no. <laughs> Do you get that? Let's, let's try it out. Tax collectors? What? Sinners? No. Okay. Now the tax collectors? What? And sinners? No. We're all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep. <laughs> you really get my goat. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them in open country. Doesn't she leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until she finds it? And when she finds it, she joyfully puts it on her shoulders and goes home. Then she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and God's love is made complete in us. Jesus talks about leaving the 99 behind. Just leave them. Instead of remaining with the vast majority of the flock, go off into the scrub and chase down the one sheep who is lost. This may be what they teach at seminary, but it's not what they teach anywhere else. From almost every angle, this is terrible advice. No economist would tell you to risk 99% of your wealth in order to recover a loss of 1%. If 1% of the population had a serious illness, our first priority would be to place everyone else in, or to place them in quarantine to protect everyone else. Abandoning 99 voters in order to chase down one single vote is a terrible political strategy. Before long, those 99 sheep are going to start campaigning for a new shepherd. They'll print bumper stickers that say, we want a leader who fights for us. When we hear this parable, I think we tend to imagine ourselves as the lost sheep. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus would leave behind those 99 others and come looking for us? Yes, that's wonderful. But do the math.
the odds are very much against you. 99% of the time, you are going to be in the flock that gets left behind. 99% of the time, Jesus will be off looking for a sheep further down the bell curve of alienation and rejection. 99% of the time, it's not about you. If we listen to this parable as isolated individuals, we can avoid this problem. In isolation, each one of us can be the lost sheep. And if we don't happen to feel like a lost sheep, we can leave the story in reserve for a different time. That is what we can do as individuals. But if we come to this parable as a community, then we must wrestle with this tension. 99 of the sheep are left huddled together in open country. For the group as a whole, someone else is the lost sheep 99% of the time. Eventually, the lost sheep is found. When it comes to tracking, Jesus ranks up there with Sacagawea and Daryl Dixon. If the lost sheep is found, then it is returned to the sheepfold. If we're listening to this parable as a community, then the rest of us are suddenly back in the narrative. As one of the 99 sheep, we see the lost sheep riding comfortably on the shoulders of the shepherd. And then there's a party, and it's not for us. In this parable, Jesus doesn't tell us how the lost sheep is received by the flock, but the other parables make it pretty clear. There's a good chance that the 99 will feel resentful. We'll be tempted to think, who are these wayward sheep arriving on our doorstep? Who are these ovine interlopers? Obviously, they have a false sense of direction. They were lost. Maybe they're still lost. They have prickly brambles in their wool. They're twitchy from their time in the wilderness, in their rough speech, in their savage dress, and their bellowing music. They're barely civilized. Who are they to claim a place at the table and change the menu? We are the 99. We have been taking care of business in the open country. We have set the standard. We have kept the lights on. There's a danger that we will resent those who come and unsettle our routine. Jesus knew all about this. In the parable of the prodigal son, Jesus told her that the older brother would be resentful. In the parable of the workers in the vineyard, Jesus told us what would happen when the latecomers receive a whole day's wage. Jesus said, when those hired at the beginning of the day received their wage, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. When it comes right down to it, we want things to be fair. We want things to be fair. However, this does not seem to be a priority from God's perspective. God doesn't mete out divine blessing with a fine measure of equanimity. God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. 
God scatters seed into the good soil, but also into brambles and on the path and in the rocks. It is a strange way of doing things. God is full of surprises. The good shepherd will leave 99 sheep, 99 perfectly good sheep, in the open country in order to find one sheep who is lost. If we listen to this parable as a community, we're going to be part of the flock that gets left behind 99% of the time. As I said earlier, it's easy to cast ourselves in the role of the lost sheep. It's also easy to dismiss the importance of the flock. The flock is hugely important. In fact, the definition of a lost sheep is one that has strayed from the flock. If we're counted among the 99, then it's our job to take care of each other. While the shepherd is out beating the bushes, it is our job to take care of each other. While the shepherd is off spelunking in dark places for lost and wayward sheep, those of us who remain have each other. It's our job to take care of each other. Being in community has power to heal. 30 years ago, I was in my first year of seminary. When I first arrived at seminary, I thought I would become an academic. That is, I thought I would spend most of my adult life as a professor teaching theology or church history. I still love talking about ideas, but after three years of graduate school, I felt my heart pulled in a different direction. I decided that the beating heart of the spiritual life is how we live together. The real power of Christian life is revealed in our capacity to love one another. The author of 1 John writes, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and God's love is made complete in us. This is the work of the flock. This is why the lost sheep is returned to the sheepfold. The story doesn't end when the lost sheep is found. It ends when the sheep is returned. It is our work to love one another, to make room for one another, to listen to one another, to comfort one another. At any given time, the odds are overwhelming that we are among the 99%. At any given time, it's probably our job to make room for a lost sheep still covered in brambles and breathless from the ordeals of the wilderness. But in the wider sense, of course, we are all lost sheep. We are in this together. We have been gathered for a reason. God has given us to each other. By giving us to each other, we're no longer lost. We are doing something awesome. We are becoming home to one another. 
Creating home is hard work. Creating a home calls us to something deeper than being fair. Fair is what you can get at the DMV. But creating a home calls for something way more difficult than taking a number and waiting your turn. We are gathered to do the work of becoming home to one another. Sometimes, inevitably, each one of us will be the lost sheep. But most of the time, we will be in that group of 99. It's our work to create space. It's our work to listen. It's our work to comfort. Let us do this work with a sense of trust in God, a sense of trust in the shepherd who has brought us together. God has called us together for a reason. How do you know if you are one of the lost sheep or one of the 99? Can you be both of these things at the same time? Have you ever been asked to go beyond what's fair in order to create a sense of home for others? When it happens, how will you respond to this call?